Hello and welcome to the EuroLeague Adventures podcast, EuroLeague final edition. I'm Rob Scott. I'll be joined in a moment by Austin Green. We've just seen Seska Moscow overcome Anadolu Efes 91-83 to to win the 2019 EuroLeague title. Sadly, neither Austin nor I were in the arena in Vittoria Gasteas to see it in person. Um, and Austin, wow, we, we missed a thriller, man. How was this EuroLeague final for you? Yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, unfortunately, you know, unlike Seska, we can't be at the Final Four every single year. Oh, nice. uh, but this was this was a really amazing one to watch. Like the first quarter was absolutely just incredible. The first few minutes, just great shot making on both sides. Seska started out on fire, and of course, continued to be on fire for basically the entire game. Uh, they got it by double digits. FS kept battling back. There was some LaMonica shenanigans. There was Brian Dunstan dunking all over Daniel Hackett. There was, uh, I mean, there, there was everything you could want from, from a championship game. There was a lot of drama, even going down to the final minute when FS were down by six points or so. Still, a still a, a chance for them, but Seska played some great defense on a couple key possessions. And yeah, well, well deserved title for Seska. Number four for Kyle Hines. Uh, you know, I think number two for a two disc, the second one in four years. So yeah, just, just a great, great game, uh, and great performance by Seska. Yeah. I mean, this, this game featured not one, but two. Well, I guess one proper FS comeback and, and one near comeback. Um, as you said, Seska up by 14 in the first half, only two at half time. Not even quite sure how that happened. Um, FS even took the lead briefly in the second half. Seska pushed it out again to 11, and then it happened again nearly in this game. They got it down to four, as you say. Um, Brian Dunstan picked up his fourth foul uh, with 6.29 left in the third quarter, and I have it in my notes here that FS was down two at that point. Um, I mean, by the time he came back in, they were down 11. I mean, was this... We, we can get down to breaking down exactly what went on in, in you know in each quarter as the game came up you know what, what went on in a short while but for me this this that was such a such a big moment in the game do you think that changed the game Austin yeah definitely I mean unfortunately for FS they they just got a really bad performance out of Tibor Pleiss, who uh, you know when he when he first got in the game. I think there was a possession where Misic drove to the hoop and had an open layup, but instead he decided to pass it to Plyce at the last minute, and it went off Plyce's fingertips. And I think just kind of from that moment on, uh, I don't know if he was really in the game. I feel like that maybe like made him nervous or something, but he missed a dunk where he got stuffed by the rim, and then later in the game, he missed a shot where the ball hit the bottom of the backboard. Uh, so he was just clearly not there tonight. And, uh, you know, for FS, that's a, that's a tough situation with Dunstan in foul trouble. You know, Adaman brought him back in with, what, like two minutes to go in the third quarter, I think, on those four fouls. I thought it was, it was a really bold move, a really ballsy decision, but also kind of his only option. Down by 11, uh, you know, Dunstan was a warrior. He was playing pretty well. Uh, you might as well just put him out there and hope he doesn't foul out because the alternative is you're going to lose anyway. So, um, yeah, that was, I thought it was the right decision to bring him out because that's that's just what you have to do in that situation. Bold move to put him back in. I, I thought it paid off well. Uh, but you, you were saying, you know, plan C was maybe go with like Brock Modem and Adrian Mormon uh, as kind of like a small ball lineup. But yeah, lo- losing Dunstan um, at, at that point was was a really big factor in this. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting into, into the minutiae. I guess maybe let's like step back a little bit, take a little bit more of a zoomed out perspective. 
Seska's shooting in this game, their ball movement in general was exquisite. Um, you know, the, I mean, I tweeted this in, in, in the second half. There was, there was a play, I think it was that Kyburn. Oh, I've even got it in the tweet. There was that Kyburn three that put them up 63-52. That was just like, just one little moment where Misic was on his heels. He's a step too far to the wrong side. And it's just this cascade of help defense. The F has made all the right moves. Like everyone, everyone cascaded down the way they should do. But Seska just picked on these little weaknesses, get, getting these open looks for three. Um, you know, they hit a couple of pull-ups in, in the first quarter, especially um, that were maybe not sustainable. And that's maybe what kind of left them in the second quarter as FS came back. But I mean, o- overall, you shoot a 14 of 22 from three-point range in, uh, in, in a game. And man, that's, that's just so tough to stop. At the other end, I thought their defensive rotations were, were, were just so locked in, so on point. You know, I, w- I was thinking before the game, you know, I tweeted this as well, like how Aseska going to stop Shane Larkin and Vasa Misic, who killed Fenerbahce on the drive um, in the semifinal. And they went aggressive. They, they, went high, they, they hedged high over screens. And that is, that is probably like the, 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 the strategy that, that achieves your immediate aim of, of forcing Larkin away from the rim, forcing the ball out of his hands. But if not executed phenomenally on the backside, it's so risky. You can give up open threes, open layups, and there was just so little of that in this game. Fez made some incredible shots. Larkin had 29 points to go with his 30 in the in the semifinal. But you know, it, both times when they came back, um, that there was there was good shots, but there was also a touch of hero ball, and that's basically like all that Seska gave them in this game. Just just an incredible defensive performance, I thought from them. Yeah, and I, I think maybe Fs. We're at a disadvantage playing their second game in three days because they were they were so reliant on Larkin and Misic having to just create something out of nothing, and and those guys just look completely drained at various times. Especially Larkin, he was just like diving everywhere, like so much hustle, but that also takes a really big toll on your body, especially for a, a small guard like him to hit the floor as many times as he did, as hard as he did, whether he was diving to save a loose ball or whether he was driving into the teeth of the defense and, and getting knocked down. Um, you know, just a, a really physical performance by Larkin, which I think, you know, was, was maybe the reason why he airballed that late three, uh, late, late in the fourth quarter. And yeah, Seska's offense was just incredible. Like you said, 14 out of 22 from the three point line. Will Clyburn final four MVP was seven of 10 from three in the final four, which I mean, if, if Clyburn's hitting threes, there's just really no way to stop this Seska offense. Cause like you, you look at last year, that was kind of your hope was that Clyburn would jack a bunch of threes because that means that DeColo and Rodriguez and Higgins aren't shooting. Uh, but, but Clyburn was just hitting everything. He was four of six in this game. Corey Higgins came off the bench absolutely swinging. Uh, he had 11 points in the first quarter, three of three from the three-point line. He finished with 20. Uh, so yeah, just just an incredible offensive performance by Seska. And, and, and like you mentioned, the defense, there were some breakdowns early in the game, but they tightened it up, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. And yeah, um, you know, just, just a really uh, well-played game by Seska overall. They, they fully deserved this one. Yeah, I mean, I, well, we, we were talking about this during the game. Like, I thought the, I mean, if, if we're being a little bit nitpicky and a little bit hindsighty, although we did say this at the time, like, I thought it was just really, really crucial how Seska could just bring bodies like Corey Higgins off the bench in the first quarter, Kyle Hines off the bench, whereas, 
you know, Efez kind of, you know, they have a top-heavy rotation. There's not a whole lot off the bench, although Kruno Simon, shout out to him, um, coming in as a reserve, played 30 minutes um, and, and hit some huge shots to bring them back into the game, especially late in that first half, um, early in the second. But just, just, there's, no, there's no chill with the Seska team when they're in this mood. There's no let-up. There's no, like, I mean, other than, you know, maybe Alec Peters pretty relieved, I think, that that three-point foul on the, on the first half buzzer didn't, didn't um, you know, what wasn't a bigger, you know, it's just like a kind of funny aside in this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, but Joel Balombay comes in and gives him three minutes, you know, oh, and put his body about, you know, got in the way, filled the paint, did, did, did just little things. Um, whereas I thought FS were like, yeah, as you said, you know, two games in three days, um, Misic, I thought, was like showing a little bit of mental fatigue, if not physical fatigue. I thought he struggled throughout. Was just, you know, two from nine, two of nine from three point range. Um, did pick up five assists to lead the team, but just I thought just like forced it a little bit too much. Was a little bit hesitant when he should have been aggressive, and then like seemed to try and make up with that with being a little bit too aggressive on defense. Um, you know, it just just real. I, I you know, Seska in this in this mood. Um, in this kind of form, FS would have had to have been perfect, I think, or as close to perfect as you can get to beat them. And they were, they were, they were pretty good throughout the game and very good at times, but that just wasn't good enough tonight. But you know, no shame in losing this game to to this, you know, to this Seska team that just put it right, you know, did everything right at the right times, which we kind of doubted they might do and, and didn't really do on too many occasions this season. But man, what what a what a time to do it in the final. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that depth ended up really being the key for Seska because yeah, you look at the starting lineup and it's like, okay, cool. So they're just gonna bring Sergio Rodriguez, Corey Higgins, and Kyle Hines off the bench. Fucking great. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a nightmare if you're the other team. Like that's that's uh just so much championship experience and talent and uh just veteran leadership and everything. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but you know, you look at the FS side, like Rodrigo Bobois just really kind of fell off, uh, late in the season, which is unfortunate, you know, Larkin, uh, Larkin rounding into form the way he did and taking his game to a new level, I think maybe had an adverse effect on Bobois where he just hasn't been quite as effective. He only finished with three points. Uh, Adrian Mormon, great season from him. I, th- I thought he got robbed by not being on an all Euro league team, but he only had two points in 30 minutes in this one. Plice, I mentioned had his struggles and, and I thought it was interesting that James Anderson only played 15 minutes because he was balling in the first quarter. Um, you know, I would have to rewatch it. Maybe he made like some bad defensive mistakes or something that I missed, but he had seven points, all of them in the first quarter where he hit a three pointer first possession, uh, got to the rim. Like I, I thought he was playing really well. And then Adam and just, just benched him. So I don't, did, did you notice did, uh, was Anderson like making some big mistakes or something that I might've missed? Um, I don't think he was, to be honest. I didn't really spot anything, although the, you know, the, the sort of last 15 minutes of this game is just a little bit of a blur to me still. Um, I just think that Kruno Simone played so well. You know, he he took 30 minutes. You know, he, he probably took some of Anderson's minutes. And yeah, I, I guess I guess that was the explanation. You know, Simone only shot um, two of 10 from inside the arc, but you know, he he just seemed to be. You know, he was everywhere in that in that first uh, first half comeback. Um, so I, yeah, I guess he just stole some of the some of the limelight on on the wing there. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, these, these are the kinds of things that I guess uh, get picked over in the aftermath of these games. I, I'd probably have to rewatch the tape to, to spot anything. Or, you know, maybe if we were there, we could ask Ataman in the press conference. But I, I don't think that question would, uh, would be received too greatly. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, but yeah, just to, to stick with Simone for a second. I thought, uh, you know, you look at the numbers, 15 points, 10 rebounds. That's obviously really good production from him coming off the bench. But I thought more so than that was just his energy really brought FS back in this game when they fell behind by double digits in the first half. Uh, that, that could have slipped away from them pretty easily. But Simone just made some hustle plays. I, I, th- I think his energy was a little bit contagious. And I think that really helped out. Uh, Doge Balbai as well only played four minutes. And didn't have like a single stat, the rare, the rare four trillion. Oh no, he had a foul. Okay. Uh, but he, he, he was just doing stuff, you know, just chasing after 50, 50 balls, just being a nuisance. Um, so I, I thought the energy that those guys brought was really crucial for FS. And in a way, I guess I'm, I'm kind of glad that Seska ended up winning because I feel like the officiating might have become a story if, if FS came back because it did seem like they were getting every 50 50 call. Uh, you know, you know, the Peters foul on the three, that was, I think, just a dumb contest and, and he really had no business trying to contest that shot. So, uh, I'm, I'm cool with that, but there were some, there were some calls like on Korbanov, uh, and, and stuff that just, you know, seemed like LaMonica was, was just kind of jumping into the spotlight a little bit too much, uh, as, as he is. Surely not. Surely not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I think he basically did LaMonica hit for the cycle in this game. There was a three second violation. There was a technical, there was a questionable offensive foul. I think, you know, I, I think he pretty much did everything. But I, as you said, you know, we, we unfortunately are not like uh, Luigi LaMonica and can't be at every final four, but I'm glad he's there. Yeah, yeah. And the technical was in the fourth quarter, which is actually, oh, there was there was the unsportsmanlike on Hines uh, when he when he hit Larkin on the drive, which wasn't a malicious play, but Larkin is just so much smaller than him and was running so fast that he went flying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we had the Lamonica Grand Slam, the the technical, the three second violation, uh, the unsportsmanlike, and yeah, so great great performance by him. Yeah, I mean, you actually mentioned that tech. Um, that was following well, the technical on Ataman was following Kyle Hines. Like th- this has to be the best. I-, I haven't even checked the stats, but looking on the replay, I don't think he actually blocked the ball. But this was when Larkin had really like just started to will uh, FS back into the game. I think he'd hit a three. He'd 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 really tough hanging layup in the lane. Went for it again, and Hines just just contorted his body to to to, to alter the shot in in the air. Um, I guess Ataman was you know w- w- was yelling for the foul, but definitely the right call uh, to to not give the foul. But I mean this you know we've said it kind of throughout this season. You know the Kyle Hines of the of the chase down block on Nikola Mirotic from the 2013 Final Four of of those kind of like routine spectacular plays. That guy's kind of you know a, a little bit in the past, and Hines you know has, has had a quiet season by his standards. But man, if you ever needed a guy to make that kind of play at that kind of point in this game, um, you know Kyle Hines is still your man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 23 minutes in this game, he had that big block on Larkin. Uh, I can't remember when that was i feel like it was first quarter maybe where where larkin drove in and heinz flew over from the weak side and, and swatted it and that's his only credited block uh so that that play you were, you were talking about he must not have been been credited one for that 
Um, but yeah, 20, 23, just solid minutes. Uh, you know, and just a, a level-headed guy. I think a lot of guys, when you when you get called for an unsportsmanlike foul in that situation, it, it would have been easy for somebody to just kind of freak out and, and maybe even get a technical or something to make it worse. Uh, but he, he just kept it moving, um, you know, just cha- championship experience, I think, in a tough moment. Um, and yeah, four-time EuroLeague champion now, which I don't know how many people have done that. It, it can't be very many. Um I think, yeah, and, and especially among Americans, he's the he, second, he, the second player. Second, okay. I, I can tell, I can tell you now. Yeah, he's thank, thanks to a friend of the podcast, Niall Gray, on the um, the all time Euroleague stat uh, game tonight. He's been tweeting out a bunch of a bunch of Final Four records. Um, just scroll through his tweets. Sir Hines becomes only the second player this century to win four Euroleague titles. Uh, without looking this up, uh, Austin, can you guess the other one? Um. Cyrus. Yes, correct. I looked it up. I was, I'm just <laughs> I knew. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have known otherwise. I would have, I would have guessed something terrible. Uh, honesty, honest, honesty, I like it. Okay, so yeah, second player ever with four EuroLeague championships uh, and, and this century and the first American uh, because, of course, Yasekevich is Lithuanian. So that, that's a, a pretty amazing accomplishment for him. And, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he adds a couple more to that before he's done. I mean, he's here every year, so you've got to give him some kind of chance. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll probably see Kyle again this time next season. And, yeah, just, just I mean, I think, it, I think it's important to, to realize, though, that um, – you know, let's face it, it's not, I'll kind of flip it around the other way, actually. It's easy to not be sympathetic towards Seska Moscow. You know, they, they don't have the kind of, you know, the, the incredible atmosphere there, the incredible fan base. They're the, they're the biggest team. They're the best funded team. They're there every year. You know, it's not necessarily a romantic story in terms of the club's profile, but like Kyle Hines is, is, is such a decent human being, such a, such a great role model for, for, for players of any nationality in any level of the game. Um, and, and I'm so happy that he's kind of like branched out into, into the world of, of podcasts and video documentaries this season. Um, I like to think somewhat inspired by his appearance on our show uh, a couple of times back in the day. <laughs> um, and, and also, like, guys like Will Clyburn, man. Will Clyburn's a good dude. Will Clyburn's a good dude. Like, I'm happy for these guys. They deserve this success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just kind of uh, going off what you were saying about, like, you know, you look at Seska Moscow and they have a ton of money. They get all of these incredible talents and it, it's really, you know, it's, it's just not fair because there's no salary cap in EuroLeague. They're able to build this super team and get to the final four every single year. So, uh, in that sense, it's obviously not like a Cinderella story. But when you look at the individuals, like Kyle Hines is a six foot, six maybe six foot five center he went to unc greensboro that's not a, a huge basketball school uh to to go i think he was in was he in second division italy to start his career yeah, uh, yeah now yeah, he's a four-time yeah. EuroLeague champion you look at somebody like daniel hackett who has had so many injuries over the past few years like it's it's uh you know multiple injuries that cost him like six months at a time and 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 for him to battle back and get his first year league title is really impressive will Clyburn, you mentioned him he started out at a community college coming out of high school and eventually ended up at iowa state where he had a good career and then came over to europe uh you know played in he was in israel and then darushafika and then and then over to seska so like 
you know, as a whole, this team is loaded. They're the, they're the rich kids in the league and everything. But individually, these guys have have battled back from uh, you know pretty incredible circumstances to win to win Euroleague and have the careers that they've had. Um, and, and and just one more, Corey Higgins, like he was an NBA player at one point. I don't know if you knew this. He was waived by his own father when he was with the Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> His own dad oh, waved him and he came over to Europe and then had an amazing, amazing career, of course. Now another uh, has this championship um, to his to his name. So, uh, yeah, pretty incredible individual stories on this roster. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of fake Euroleague Adventures connection there, of course, his dad, Rod Higgins, the online pseudonym of uh, our erstwhile contributor rod higg seven so ho- ho- i hope rod higg is, has been enjoying uh, this final four um hey man at least at least his beloved real madrid uh, didn't get to the final so uh, I, I, ho- I hope you've been enjoying this one rod um and yeah man like Corey higgins will Clyburn, um we may not see them again at the final four because i mean probably too early to be talking about this but Man, those two guys uh, look, look mightily attractive to a bunch of NBA teams uh, who need, you know, those those. I mean, I say reliable role players, but you know, role players who can who can step up and and, and hit shots and play good defense and and I I think I even think Clyburn could probably be a little bit more than that in the NBA. Man, he 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 could put up some points. Um, I mean, we've said this for the last couple of seasons, but I think at this point you you got to look at those two guys to to, to you know to play a, a decent role on some decent NBA teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I mean just watching the 2019 NBA playoffs, every single team could use Will Clyburn or Corey Higgins. Um, there's there's no doubt in my mind that these guys could come off the bench for one of these playoff teams and and play a really good role. Um, you know, Higgins at 6 foot 5 with his ability to play both guard spots, lock down defense, he shoots uh like 50% from three, uh, just a, a, a great competitor. Clyburn, obviously a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, more athletic. Uh, his three-point shot, as we saw in this Final Four, is is coming around, starting to be more consistent. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely possible that this was the last EuroLeague game for both of those guys. Uh, and, and then also, you look over on the other side, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked at all if Shane Larkin is back in the NBA after this performance. Um, I put the numbers up on Twitter. I don't have them in front of me, but in the playoffs, in the five-game series against Barcelona, and then in the final four, he was just unbelievable, playing with so much confidence, which I really think is is the key for him. Um, you know, when when he's confident, when he's shooting the ball, uh, you know, with with the right mindset, he's just an incredible player. And then even Va- uh, Vasile Misic, who his draft rights are held by the Philadelphia 76ers from the 2014 draft. I think he was, he was a second round pick. I wouldn't be shocked if, if we see Misic in the NBA because he, he's six, six, he can play uh, on or off the ball. He can shoot, uh, you know, Philadelphia probably could have used somebody like that when they were getting knocked out of the second round of the playoffs. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of these guys this summer. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a conversation for, uh, yeah, so when the dust has settled on this uh, this this incredible game and this incredible final four, I think um, going back to what you said about Daniel Hackett, man, I thought he had a very very good game today. Crucial uh, part of that Seska defense made all the right rotations. Did get burned on a drive by Larkin early in the game, but man, like this this was this was like the best I've seen Daniel Hackett play in, in what like three years, maybe. I said during the game, you know, made all the right passes. Um, you know, just play completely within within the you know the, the rhythm of the, of the team. 
just, I mean, this is what they signed him for. You know, we, we kind of kind of raised our eyebrows a little bit like when they made that signing. Is this really a quote-unquote Seska signing? Um, you know, maybe the guy was, you know, slowed by injuries, maybe on the on the downside of his career. But yeah, ju- just just a, just a perfect glue guy performance, um, which is which is exactly what you need, um, you know, alongside the guys like Higgins and Kyburn who are who are hitting the big shots. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, I thought coming into this game, the most interesting thing to me was going to be how did Seska defend Shane Larkin and Vasimisic, and it turned out one of the ways that they went about trying to stop Larkin was by just attacking him on the other end of the court. I thought it was really interesting that they posted up Hackett uh, in like the second minute of the game, and he was able to get a cheap foul on Larkin because you know Shane Larkin's not not used to playing post defense, um, and that you know that first foul on Larkin, if if they were able to get a second one on him, that could have been huge. Uh, they but, tried. But they <laughs> they definitely yeah, they, tried. Yeah, they they went to that post up a lot, and they were able to get some good looks out of it because FS, I think, I think maybe helped a little bit more than they should have. It sometimes, like, like at some point, it's like, okay, hack it, you know, make a make a fadeaway from fifteen feet, and and but instead they would bring over help. He would feed shooters, and uh, yeah, they would they would whip the ball around like you were saying earlier, and and knock down open shots. So. Um, you know, I thought that was kind of an interesting wrinkle with with just going at Larkin in the post, and um, yeah, it, it was it was obviously pretty effective. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, you know, yeah, a, a guy, it's, it's you know, he's on Seska okay, but like, it, it's impossible not to root for this guy after all the injury setbacks he's had, like we were saying. So shout out to to Daniel Hackett. I hope uh, I hope he enjoys tonight and enjoys the enjoys the memories. Um, Austin. Um, I mean, what, where else do you want to go with this game? Uh, is there anything, any any other points you want to make? Um, I guess I, I maybe one for you to to, to, to respond to. Nando De Colo, um, little bit of a quiet game, I guess, by his standards. But man, some of those three pointers he made were just at exactly the right times, crucial situations. Um, so yeah, he played his role as well. Yeah, yeah, quiet fifteen four and four on almost a hundred percent shooting is like, but that's that's what it was though. Yeah, it, it did kind of feel like he was maybe a little bit detached from the game at times. Where where you know Higgins and Clyburn, and I think I, I I think it's maybe like kind of an aesthetic thing. Like you feel Higgins and Clyburn because they're they're physically imposing and they're aggressive off the dribble. And and Decolo, of course, is is strong and you know deceptively strong. And uh, when he's attacking off the dribble and can just kind of shove guys out of the way and get to the and get to the rim. But he he did seem quiet. But yeah, really big three pointer in the fourth quarter that, that was super important. Uh, also, Sergio Rodriguez. Only six points in this game. Only played fourteen and a half minutes, but he hit a really big three as well. And and you know that was that was it with Seska. It's just they, they kept making shots, and it's like you know you think they might cool down at some point. They just never did. Like th- those guys aren't going to miss open looks. Um, so yeah, and and then just I guess in a big picture kind of sense. I mean, unbelievable job this season by Ergen Adaman with with this FS squad going from last place in 2018 the 16th seed and then uh to to make the final four beat barcelona in a five-game series to get to the final four uh beat Fenerbahce in the first ever all-turkish semi-final and then give seska a, a hell of a game in the final that's you know that's not something that uh that should have been expected and and it was just an amazing amazing performance by fs this year yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't expected by us anyway. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, incredible ride, incredible run to the final four. Very, very much deserved. 
I mean, yeah, from like a neutral point of view, it would have been nice to see them play a full strength Fenerbahce in the semi final. But man, I don't, I don't want to hear really anything about about that. Come on, I mean, yeah, would would a fully fit Jan Vesely have been able to defend switches better? Yeah, probably. Um, would would they have had more offensive options with with Luigi Datome on the floor? Yes, they would clearly. But man, Larkin was cooking so 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 good in that in that game. I I, I don't know what else would have stopped him. Um, so, you know, you can only, you can only beat what's put out in front of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just an incredible run by them. But yeah, if I'm going to nitpick anything on Larkin, um, and I guess he put in so much effort on offense that it's inevitable that he would have a little bit of a breather on defense, but he hit a three in the third quarter to put FS within five, but then he's guarding Corey Higgins in the corner and just, just doesn't have his hands up, um, in the air. Higgins hits the three in his face. That put Seska back up by eight points. And just these, just these little tiny moments. This is what I'm saying. Like FS would have had to have been near perfect to to win this game because Seska just any any little bit of 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 of, uh, of an opening they were given, um, they just they just took it, man. They took it with both hands. So yeah, I mean Larkin, thirty points in the semi, twenty nine tonight. Um, and you know that that you know one of the key key moments of crunch time. I tweeted this at the time. He just hit that incredible three to, to bring them within, I think, four points. And then, man, they did the same play, really clever by Ataman, ran like a one-two pick and roll. So Simon, Bruno Simon set the screen to get Larkin isolated on DiColo, um, who he just cooked with a, with a killer crossover, the, you know, the play before. And it's just that one shot too many, a rainbow three, high arcing, quite a bad air ball that was kind of the moment when just the air went out and just you just knew it wasn't going to happen but on the flip side to that you know I said it at the top of the show Seska gave up that big double digit comeback um we all know the history of Seska in the final four so just just incredible poise and incredible determination by them I mean I guess that's this is guess I guess my final thought um have they overcome that you know the Seska rabbit in the headlights final four jokes now. This is two titles in the last four years, I think. Um, obviously, that you know the 2012, 2013, uh, you know 2015. I think they're always going to stay with them. They're always going to live long in the memory. But man, I, I guess Seska just exercised a lot of demons tonight. Yeah, I, th- I think you could say that. Um, you know, I think uh, Atutis really needed this to save his job. I, I, you know, after <laughs> like after last year losing in the semifinal to Madrid, um, after, you know, not, not getting it done in 2017 as well. Like I, I think he really, he really needed this one. Uh, so, so good for him and, you know, good for the reporters asking him questions in the press conference afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I hope uh, shout out to Emmett Ryan. I hope he's having a good time. Um, shout out to anyone who's going to ask ask questions of that presser. I, and just in, in Victoria, I guess you know. The, I guess my final final thought. Yeah, I miss I missed you guys. Uh, it's it's not the same watching it at home. Ad, admittedly, sat at home, you can drink beer, uh, which is which is an advantage. Nice, yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm going to get to bed at a reasonable time. There's going to be no more four a.m. podcasts from a, a Belgrade Airbnb. But man, that was that was a special time we had last year, and, and, a, and a special time at final fours in in, in recent past. So. Hopefully not the last time, um, but I guess I guess this is me. This is this is me done for the season. Um, congrats to Seska, um, an incredible game, an incredible final four. Um, Austin, any any kind of final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just 
hopefully, I hope Eric Green is okay. He got injured at the end of the third place game, which, which is really a shame. There's there's no good reason for them to be playing that third place game anymore. I, I know, I know why they do it. It's so the visiting fans are are guaranteed to you know get two games each by their team for for coming all that way, and and that's nice. But it's just such a meaningless game, and it's it's really unfortunate to see him go down. Uh, and and. On a more positive note, just you know, shout out to FS for an amazing season. Obviously, they're going to be disappointed about not winning this, but they have you know nothing to be ashamed of. This was an incredible season for them, an incredible uh, performance in the semifinals, and and played well tonight as well. It's just Seska were the better team, and yeah, shout out to to Seska, to Daniel Hackett, to to everyone over there uh, for for a great season and a championship well deserved. Couldn't have put it better myself. Um, okay, we're going to wrap it up now. Um, we'll, we'll probably be back with you in the summer to take in some of the summer transfer uh, rumors, signings, NBA departures, NBA arrivals, all of that stuff that we know and love. So for me, Rob Scott in Manchester, Frost and Green in Sport Croatia, um, this has been the Euroleague Adventures podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. <laughs>